It's time for The Drive's Top 5 at 5. Quitting time on your Thursday, 5 o'clock here on Fan Run Radio. I'm Russell Smith. We begin our third and final hour, as always, with our Top 5 at 5. And with that is Tucker Harlan. Thank you, Russell. At number one, Josh Heupel has another coaching vacancy to fill as Brian Jean-Marie has been hired away by Sharon Moore in Michigan. Jean-Marie held the same position in Ann Arbor in 2020 before joining Heupel staff in 2021. Brian Jean-Marie has left the building, ladies and gentlemen. Au revoir. <laughs> Au revoir. <laughs> Two... Two staff openings now for Josh Heupel, one on each side of the ball. First ever defensive opening. Yes, sir. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see if he goes outside of the program for that. I, I feel like he'd be more inclined to do that than on offense because he doesn't want people touching that offense. Well, it also sounds like there's a couple of different things. I mean, it's been talked about Tim Banks maybe coaching the linebackers, hiring a safeties coach. And so there could be a couple of different moving pieces. Very interested to see how this plays out. At number two, the release of EA Sports College Football 25 is coming this summer. A full reveal of the video game is expected this May. EA teased the release earlier today by changing its Twitter profile picture to College Football 2025 and later released a trailer confirming its release. This is one of those things that it's not really big on my radar, but I do understand this is huge for a certain group of people. And it's not all younger people. We have I know a guy who's in his 50s who just is addicted to this game and plays it online with people from all over the world and is just, I mean, ate up with it. So, like, this is a huge story for a lot of people. There is not another game ever that if it – got released, I have to buy a console and play it, except this one. So you're serious. You were, you were going to buy a, yep. a system and yeah. get oh, into yeah. this game. Yeah. I am as well. You're going to be left out, dude. We're all going to have it. We're all going to play it. And we're all going to talk about it. It's okay. going to be a lot of fun. I, I, I'm, I'm not saying I, I, I will or won't. I'm going to play it by ear. I'm just not chomping at the bit, so to speak. It's been how many long years? It's well, been 11. 11. Yeah. Long Summers were never the same, were they? Mm-mm. Month of July. That was always such a fun. You got, I mean, I, it's been a cold July for eleven years, Russ. I mean, I went down. I was at a GameStop a couple times at midnight, waiting on the release, playing last year's game, sitting out in the chairs and the recliners playing, and you wait your turn. And I didn't go that far. I did. Just show up the next day and get it. At number three, as we mentioned last hour, LSU running back Trey Holly turned himself in to authorities earlier today in Farmerville, Louisiana. He's been charged with three felonies, as we mentioned, the attempted second-degree murder. Uh, additionally, aggravated criminal damage to property and illegal use of a weapon. What the hell he did? Yeah, well, we get, like, the police report from this? Like, They say what his bond was? Did not see that. Saw it earlier. What was it? $512,000. How does that work? You get ten percent. You got you got to come up with ten percent down. To pay the bail bondsman. Yeah, that's the way I understand it works. You can put up the whole thing, and as long as you show up to court, you get your money back. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Hope somebody can scrounge that up for him. I don't know how much you get back from the bail bondsman, though. Beauregard's already cut the check. <laughs> Surely you don't have to forfeit all We need you for that. spring practice, son. I hope this isn't going to affect your focus. Would you? Alert listener, call in. I've always wanted to know that. Like, if you get a bail bond, like, he's going to have to pay, like, $51,200 to a bail bondsman, and he'll get his bond. But once he goes to court, you're supposed to get that money back. So, like, I wonder how much you get back. Like, how much it actually yeah, costs Yeah, like, you, you. Th- what, you think the bondsman would keep 10% or something? Give or take? Yeah. So like or maybe bond, maybe like, it's a flat fee. I don't know. Huh. Like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep two grand, whatever it is. Like, we just keep two grand. Okay. I don't know. At number four, Seattle Seahawks quarterback Geno Smith, who has $12.7 million on his contract that is set to become fully guaranteed Friday, was informed Thursday he will remain on Seattle's roster through this week. His contract call for, calls for his $12.7 million base salary for next season to become fully guaranteed, provided he's still on the roster. That money was guaranteed for injury only at the time Smith signed his three-year $75 million deal last March. So he gets $12.7 million that he might not have otherwise gotten. Yeah. It's a good day for Geno Smith. I guess they don't really have another option, but I feel yeah. like last year with him was a little bit fool's gold, and he kind of came back mm-hmm. down to earth this year. It's a lot of guaranteed coin. Now he's not young anymore, necessarily. No, he's not. As weird as that sounds. So. wonder if – is it Mike McDonald? They hired the Ravens guy, right? Yes. I wonder if he's going to go quarterback. It kind of depends on who's available, huh? I guess they they'll have a mid-round pick. They haven't really drafted one since Russ, have they? At least not one that's played. I don't think so. And finally, at number five, a Florida man is on his 26th day of consuming raw chicken in a row, a quest he what? plans to continue on for 100 days or until he is hospitalized. Sure. <laughs> Whichever so th- comes first. So this man has experimented with other diets, like raw vegan diets, uh, just general plant-based, carnivore, milk-only, raw beef, raw seafood, raw pork, keto, or eating a stick of butter daily. <laughs> raw, raw pork? Yes. Like, there's some stuff you can get from pork that, uh, what's that, it, trichinosis, trichina worms? Yeah. They burrow into these, like, cyst-like things inside your muscles, and that's what they eat is basically like your, like, look up people that have had it, like third world countries. They have no muscles. So he's just eating raw chicken like you get at the grocery store, just, just yeah. uncooked raw yeah. meat. Mm-hmm. What's the over-under on when this guy's in intensive care with salmonella? I can't believe he's already done all this other stuff. So he's on day And he's tw- still here. Remember, he's on day 26 of what he hopes to be 100. Well, he's working his way up to the most dangerous. Yeah. Does he have a goal here? <laughs> What's the purpose? I know you said 100 days, but in general, like, I want to achieve what? You said it's not for likes, so I think there are some health Like, is he in good shape? Is he Hey, look at the pictures of the guy. He doesn't look bad. He's just a little bit of a psycho, obviously, because... A little bit? You know, which one of us goes around eating raw chicken? I mean, could you... I, I, I I don't think that's fair to the nurse. There's some poor nurse in some Australian hospital that's going to have to deal with this idiot. With it coming out both ends and it like express train. 
Is he eating other stuff too, or he's only eating raw chicken? I think he's eating other stuff. Is he working some vegetables. Yeah, because does he cook those? <laughs> I don't know, because he clearly has no problem experimenting with these other things. That's what's amazing. That yeah. list is insanity. The butter's kind of gross. Yeah. You just imagine eating a stick it's, of butter. It is, but I'd rather do that than raw chicken. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I'd hate it, but I'd rather eat that. Like, you grilled chicken before? I'm, I'm assuming at, yeah. at some point it's going to be a different kind I'm of terrified. discomfort. Oh, I'm terrified. Yeah. I'm like, I'll, I'm going to turn it again just to make sure. Like, I don't want to eat. Oh yeah. Oh, I have, a, I, have a, I have a very detailed system. The the, uh, the other thing that always freaks me about any, handling any raw meat, whether it's like grilling burgers or, or cooking grilled chicken in the kitchen or whatever, is like now I've got it on my fingers. I wash. I end up washing my hands like ten times. Yeah. Well, just because I'm terrified that I'm going to cross contaminate. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna touch like a spot on the counter, and then later that night I'm gonna touch it again and stick my hand in my mouth and die. Well, yeah, because you end up. You remember the Phil Hartman uh, skit on set, the anal retentive chef? That's basically what he did. He ended up with like this thirty bags all stapled in aluminum foil and wrapped and. To basically prevent what you're talking about. All right. Thoughts and prayers for raw chicken guy. I hope he can make it. Did that guy have a name? Skeptical. He did not want to reveal his name to the wow. Australian outlet that he wow. talked to. I, I I mean, could you not, like, I'm not saying commit him, but. Is there no one in his life who cares for this man? Because, I mean, he's, he's going to the hospital. I'm stunned he hasn't killed himself yet thank you tucker that is the top five at five coming up here in just about 10 minutes we're going to be joined by our good friend christopher gabriel kmj fresno uh, to get his thoughts on tennessee basketballs the vols coming off a just cruise control win total domination of arkansas on the road last night and how about jordan ganey at the big night off the bench for the volunteers had 17 points in 18 minutes on six of eight shooting from the field. And all of a sudden, this conversation has popped up as Santiago Vescovi, I'm sorry, Santiago Vescovi. Vescovi. I've got, like, it was so hard to make the switch. And now now I can't go back. Fran Fraschilla had to force feed you. This is all Fran Fraschilla's fault. Yes, it is. Remember how mad we were when so he, we thought he was mispronouncing it? And then he was mad at us for being mad at him. And he was, he was doing that thing when you know you're right. And then we had to begrudgingly admit that he was right. And it took us like an entire year to make the switch. And now we've made it. And I want to go back because Ves- Vescovi just sounds better. And he played better. Vescovi. I don't know if I could do it. But anyway, we're having this conversation now. Is it time to start giving and, and and we have been giving Ganey some of Santi's minutes and mm-hmm. and that has been frustrating to some people, including at times, myself. At times. Yeah, the the past couple of weeks. But I mean, I don't think anybody was out was watching that game last night saying they wanted Santi shooting instead of Ganey. In the last seven games, Viscovi has scored fifty four points. He was in double digits four times. So it's 54 the last seven games. I think games. he had three in a row. There. He had four in a row. Wow. 
Jordan Ganey has also been in double digits four times over the last seven games. A little more spaced out. 69 points. Nice. nice. So 15 more points in the last seven games for Ganey. It, I worry a little bit about defense. So depending on matchups, sometimes Vescovi he's just he's just better defensively. But if Ganey keeps going to the rack like he was last night, hitting that little floater and getting his feet set when he shoots There's a three, just, he's gonna be he's gonna be a problem. There's just some matchups that, and it, you know it, it's right. There was one last night, and that was when I sent that like I had a, a text in the group that got misinterpreted. I was just basing my comment on one play. I was like, damn, I got rooted him completely up and out. And just moved him. Well, no, we were talking about it during the A&M game, how bad he was on the ball. Yeah. Just any time he'd try to get in front of somebody, they just go right around him. He did better about keeping him in front of him. He did. But he's just not a very – he's not a big physical guy. No, so. he's not. We probably ought to be careful about reading too much into a big win over an Arkansas team that is a complete and no, utter train wreck. Just, just not was very it, good, it, and they've obviously got some off-the-court issues that are affecting them on the court. That's what I was going to say. It was either on Twitter or it may have been on the broadcast. Somebody had said something about this was the worst body language that they had seen from an, I can't remember if it was SEC or a major college really? basketball team. I was surprised because they, they cut to the broadcast and they were, I think, introducing the Arkansas players, and I thought they looked fine. They had a great crowd to start the yeah, game. Yeah, uh, I did. Was it Jimmy Dykes that said it? That's their 14th different starting lineup this season. That is insane to me. He just looks like he's done, doesn't he? Muss? Yeah. 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 He's, oh, he's, he's done. He, he, he wants out of there. Yeah. It's like, you know, if, if you're Louisville, would you still hire him after watching what's happened to Arkansas this season? I definitely want to hear his explanation yeah. as to how and why this happened this year. Or then Arkansas might. I mean, that that's a good job, man. Mm-hmm. That opens up. Those people love their basketball. I wonder what, what their fans feel about it. Like, because they, they love that guy. He's he's brought them back and put them in the tournament and all that stuff, and then they've totally cratered. Dude, I wonder if they're at the point where it's like, okay. Let, you can't fire that guy. He's what, gone to three well, no, no, not, I'm not talking about firing him, but oh. I'm wondering if there's a portion of him that's like, you know what, if you want to go to Louisville, it's fine. Like you, You've elevated our program. We're still Arkansas. We hit the reset button, bring somebody in here. I would be very wary, outside looking in, of doing that. But because it's so hard to to land on one of these guys, it's a real thing. Well, they they found. I mean, they went through kind of what we went through in football, mm-hmm. where they had become accustomed under Nolan Richardson the way we had under Fulmer to just you know a certain standard and got probably got a little spoiled. And then once he left, I mean, how many guys did they run through there? There was Stan Heath, Anderson, and right? Pelfrey, Mike Anderson was like okay, but yeah. not really. Everybody they, was supposed to be the next big thing, too. Like this is the hire. I, I mean, he's been by far their best coach since Nolan Richardson. So yeah, I, I'd be careful. I mean, they, they, I'm sure they could get a, a nice young up and comer, but and that's what we thought about. A bunch of those guys were were going to be, and they weren't. You know who they could get. William Wade. <laughs> Just trigger all the Ooh. LSU fans. They might do it, too. Donnie Tindall's show calls almost up. Nah. Just saying. <laughs> Where, is he still in the G League? Last time I saw, I, honest to God, I thought he was like coaching over in Baghdad. Seriously. No, he, no he was up for head coach of the Iranian national team. That was the uh, story. Right. And he declined that, which is probably a good career move. 
see Donnie coming out there in the Iron Sheik's boots curled up at the end. Big gulp on the bench. Yeah, I don't I don't know how Donnie would go over with the uh the hardline Islamic clerics that actually run the country. You you'd have to be a little flexible, malleable, I think. Is the yeah, way you, to... you absolutely would, you think? Well, they're used to discipline. They like winning. Coming up, a visit with our friend Christopher Gabriel of KMJ Fresno. We'll get his thoughts on this Tennessee basketball adventure. Is this the year Rick Barnes finally breaks the big orange glass ceiling and gets this program to the Final Four? Might get his thoughts on the NCAA investigation as well. Stay with us. The drive continues. More Fan Run Radio coming up. Back here on The Drive, it's Fan Run Radio. Russell Bear in Houston, Tucker Harlan, hanging out in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios of Fan Run Radio. Pleased to be joined by our good friend Christopher Gabriel, KMJ Fresno. Good afternoon, CG. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well. Good afternoon to all of you and the fine folks in East Tennessee. Things here settling down. The rain is starting to subside. I've had to put the inflatable raft away the jet ski is back up on the rack in the garage all things back to condition green here in the central valley well that's good to hear significant weather events happening out west significant weather uh, events in the northeast uh this uh, we are very fortunate to be isolated from this stuff here in the south you've had your share though i mean you've had some horrible tornadoes or as the uh, the weather folks here like to say tornadic activity and uh by the way I noticed that you use the meteorological term there, and it's something that I've I've questioned our meteorologists on when they say it's. Have you noticed it's a it's a weather event, right? It's a it's, a, it's never it's a, an event. A weather are event. We, I hope I yeah, can get tickets we, to that. That's what I mean. Are we paying for this? Is there an intermission? <laughs> Where are these weather events? I, the only meteorologists call them a weather event, and I noticed you call. So that's that's impressive. You are adopting the meteorological uh, verbiage. Well, we, we, we like to keep it professional here yes. on the drive, CG. You, you know Absolutely. that. And, Absolutely. Uh, you know, we're, we're just sitting here trying to wonder, you know, is this the year that Rick Barnes finally gets this thing to a Final Four? And, and we just ride this roller coaster of, of Tennessee basketball where, you know, after the loss at A&M on Saturday – CG, we're like, uh, here we go again. And it ain't never going to get done. Then you go out there and you, you hammer Arkansas and say, hey, hey we're, we're, we're pretty good. Where are you at with Tennessee basketballs? The Volunteers head into a weekend matchup at home against Vanderbilt. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of good questions there. Uh, and in fact, we to use another phrase here. Let's go ahead and unpack this. Um, I, I, this does come up every year. I mean, it's like death and taxes. You know, the starting point for me, uh, Russ and the gang, is that we like to, we meaning collectively, Vols fans, and I don't necessarily think anybody in your studio right now or me, but we like to collectively just jump and uh, beat Rick Barnes like a baby seal, you know, with this time of year, because a lot of people don't realize this, but only Rick Barnes, only Rick Barnes hasn't made it to a Final Four. Every other coach out of the 350, 360 Teams that play Division One basketball here in these United States, they've all made it. Rick Barnes is the only one. And I, I, I wish that people would settle down, take a deep breath, and realize 
that we have a guy who's a Hall of Fame coach. We have a guy that has won a whole boatload of games, is a great recruiter. Uh, I think that we have seen him make some adjustments to his style, which has really shocked me. Uh, we have seen him let this offense, well, get, in, get out in transition, which we've not seen much at all in his tenure here. We saw it more at Texas, but certainly not here at Tennessee. We've seen him give the green light to players that deserve the green light. We've heard him openly and repeatedly say that we keep telling these guys, if you're missing your shot, continue to shoot. We aren't seeing guys get the quick yank. So we've seen Rick as a seasoned veteran coach still at this point in his career, at his age, making some adjustments to his style. I think that's been encouraging. As to where the Vols are right now, and you mentioned a couple of games, you know, I think, again, collectively, I think as Vol fans, I think a lot of Vols fans, they, and I think every fan base does this, every fan base tends to notice what their team does, and they don't notice what others, others do, and they should, because we are all in a panic, right? Again, I'll use that same word, collectively. Lose by 16 at Texas A&M. This coming on the heels of going to Rupp and winning, going wire to wire, 103-92. And I put this on social media today. Then we go to Texas A&M, and you had told me, in a text, you were concerned about this game for a long time, and your concerns were met. So then we go to Arkansas. We go to you know the lovely abode or uh, uh, hamlet of Fayetteville, and we kick their butts by 29. And a lot of fans say, well, you know, it's, well, it's this, it's that. Well, look at Kansas. In the span of nine days, Kansas beat number four Houston. They beat number 13 Baylor. They lose at unranked Kansas State. And they get absolutely destroyed in Lubbock to unranked Texas Tech. They lose by 29 to them. North Carolina, inside of uh, about nine days, eight days, they go and they beat number seven Duke. But then they lose at home to unranked Clemson. They lose at home to Clemson as often as Vandy wins national championships in football. And then they go to the Carrier Dome and they lose to unranked Syracuse. Yeah. Purdue, they've lost by 16 to unranked Nebraska. The point's obvious. Every team goes through this stuff. If Tennessee is able to get over the hump, I think one of the reasons is we've never had a guy, I mean, with all due respect to Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield, great players, but they were not the kinds of players, I mean, I watched them as much as everybody else in, in Vol Nation did, they're not the kind of explosive, just vicious offensive performers that Dalton Connect is. And he can turn a game around unlike anybody that I've seen at Tennessee in a long, long time. There's been some others, but I don't know that anybody's had the size and the athleticism that he has. So if we're going to do something this March, I think we need to, you know, I think we need to get on a little bit of a run here uh, in February. I, I really do. I, I think that they, we saw the kind of team in the second half last night. When this team plays like that, they are a hard out. And when they play like they did for 40 in College Station, they're going to be out Thursday. Conceivably, Russ, they could be out on Thursday or Friday night of the tournament. Oh, man, and that that would be a disaster. Um, you don't want to go out yeah. early. Uh, we, we talk about it. Uh, it feels like there, there will be – if Tennessee doesn't get past the Sweet 16 this year, I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed, CG. Um, I think a lot of people are going to really aggressively – and and I don't think it's right, but I think they're going to aggressively yeah. fall for Rick Barnes's head. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm sitting there. We we were talking about Arkansas and how uh, Musselman, you know, who's uh, uh, a fine coach, 
and they're just having a terrible time this year. And there's rumors about him wanting to go to Louisville, and you know, even some Arkansas fans that are that are ready to move on after this season. And it's like Louisville, if, if, if do you still want Musselman? If you know, this is how this season has gone for them. And I found myself thinking last night watching that game, CG. You know, if, if Tennessee ever has a like, just just say they're unable to replace Connect scoring next year, and like you're going to take a step back from what yeah. you were and like yeah. if god forbid we ever have that season where it's just it doesn't work out and it's rebuilding and you don't make the tournament um we we've gotten so spoiled so quickly here CG Tennessee fans would not handle that well no and if i may i want to go back to Musselman for a second because you'll remember you and i on your show talked at length about Musselman because i covered him out here uh, in the mountain west and one of the things that I said to you was, here's a guy that loves to use, uh, loves to use transfers. At the time, there was no transfer portal, but he loves to go after transfers. Uh, he's a pretty good guy when it comes to developing, pretty good coach when it comes to developing players. But the other thing I said to you was, he seems to have a short window for success in terms of how many years he can be successful before he starts getting on people's nerves and before he starts alienating the fan base, and then they start taking some, some bad, bad losses. That's exactly what we saw in the time that he was at Nevada. So the way this season for them has rolled out, I mean, it's not a complete disaster, but it doesn't surprise me. But you're right about what you're saying with, uh, with the Vols. I mean, Dalton Connect is just, I mean, he's a, I'm not going to say he's a generational player, but he's, he's one in a, in a, you know, one in a decade-type player that comes along that you know, when you see the the attention that he's gotten, and rightfully so, uh, if they aren't able to to find a guy like him next year, there will be a little bit of a drop off, and there's going to be endless con- you know, comparisons. Well, you know, we don't have anybody that's Dalton Connect. We have nobody. I, one of the things I'm encouraged by, I was starting to think that Ganey was just a, it was going to be a complete loss. I just you know he's here. He had a great game in the exhibition game. If I remember right, he had a really good game against Michigan State. And then it seemed like it just kind of went away. And he has seemed to find to have found his groove again, which I really love to see. Uh, I do think it's concerning. You know, Santiago Vescovi, he does so many things right. The guy is an all-out hustler. All night he plays great D. He knows how to give the ball up to, the, to a guy in the right position. Uh, he finds people and, you know, he gets the ball, the ball to a teammate at the right moment. What frustrates me is, Santi, my man, you have the best head fake in college basketball, but sometimes take the damn shot. Take the shot. I, all this stuff about his confidence is shaking. This is a veteran. This is a guy that knows how to fill it up. I'm, I'm not sure what's going on with him. But he definitely needs to be more aggressive at the offensive end. When I was, I didn't get a chance to see the game until the second half. And when I saw the first half stats, I thought he, there's no, he's not taking a shot. He's what, what has happened here? So I'm not sure what's going on with him. I think he's going to be a key. Going back to your very first question about the Vols in March, I, I think that he's going to be a key, and so will Triple J. But uh, yeah, looking ahead, I, I, I wonder if Barnes and his staff are already looking around the country, thinking. Who might we be able to bring in that's going to be Connect-like? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we spent a lot of time talking about this on Voluntary Reaction last night. I think having Connect have the success he's having this season 
is going to be such a boon for Tennessee in the transfer portal moving yeah. forward because there was a narrative going around, and it wasn't a narrative, CG. It's just a plain and simple fact. Like Tennessee had not been good in the portal until this mm-hmm. season, and so uh, Connect obviously is doing well. You're seeing a lot of talk about him going in the draft lottery this year, and Gainey has done well as well. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be something that Rick Barnes is able to sell on the recruiting trail next year. And there's some dude out there at a mid-major right now, CG, that's absolutely tearing it up that we've never heard of that's going to want to move up in weight class next year. And Tennessee will have quite a story to tell and situation to sell. And I, you know, I think you're absolutely right, Russ. And I, and I think also that, I mean, you make a good point about the transfer portal. And one of, the, one of those coaching shifts, those uh, adjustments that Rick Barnes has made this year is – if anything, it wouldn't surprise me, you know, as somebody who went through basketball recruiting, uh, you know, and I, I mean, even back in the day, and it was, it was a while back, I mean, I heard the negative recruiting quite a bit. That's, that's nothing new. It happens all the time. It's been happening forever. And I think one of the things that probably was used against Tennessee was, well, you know, look at the defense they play. He wears you out of the defensive end, and they're not that interested in offense. Uh, you know, they, they do what they can. Well, that's changed this year. Uh, that has, I mean, there has been a definitive change. I mean, when you go into Rupp and score 103, when you go into Bud Walton, I don't care what level of play Arkansas is at. When you go into Arkansas and get over 90, uh, you have changed the the way you're playing basketball at the offensive end and in transition. We have seen that all year long, even in games that the few games that they've lost, we've still seen them play that kind of style. And so for the portal, Russ, I think that's something that cannot be used against Tennessee. I think that you, you, a guy like Dalton Connect can certainly be a guy that, that w- would be happy to tell a potential transfer, you know, while he's still there. Maybe they're looking at somebody. Look, you know, we play tough defense here. I came here to learn how to play better defense, but you saw us. You saw what we're doing. You saw the kind of offense that we run. We can play and run with anybody uh, in, the, in America. So that's something that will not, shouldn't be used against Tennessee just by the results alone. Talking with Christopher Gabriel, KMJ Fresno. It's been a big week for CG. I'm going to brag on him here for just a second, fellas. He won a coveted Golden Mike Award for his program on KMJ, the morning show out there. But I'm burying the lead, CG, because uh, the, the big news this week is he was followed on X by none other than the Queen of Dragons herself, Dondi Plowman. Well, I, you know, you know I, I saw that light up on my phone, and my first thought, and I immediately text you, was this has to be a parody account. This, <laughs> this is, and there is, a know, good, there is a legendary there is a good, a good good Dondi yeah. Plowman parody account out there that will get you if you're not careful. I, yes, and, and I thought, is it possible <laughs> that the queen has followed me? Is it possible? And I looked it up, and sure enough, there she was. Um, I was – I mean, I normally don't pay much attention to who follows. I paid attention to that one. Uh, that was pretty cool. I mean, I, I'm a big fan. I mean, you know, just listen, I, long before she uh, you know, sicked her teeth into the NCAA, I just I love the fact that she has big-time national respect as an academic. She is obviously a major advocate for the young men and women who attend the University of Tennessee, and she just came out and said, you want some? Come get some. And... That kind of advocacy, because Danny White's the same way, the fact that Josh Heupel stepped in and, and acted the same way, I love it. This is a, it's a new day. Uh, I'm not going to, it's a new day in Knoxville. I'm not going to mention others who have come before in various positions, 
But there was a time, and you know them better than me because you grew up there, that we had leadership there that would basically bow down by the puppy dish. And those days are over. So, yeah, I am, I'm thrilled with her leadership, and I can't wait to see how this whole thing rolls out. Thank you for the mention of the Golden Mike. That was, um, that was, a sh- that was as much of a shock uh, because that is, in the state of California, for all of radio and TV, everybody's up for these if they get submitted by their bosses. And it's the Radio and Television News Association of, of Southern California. They have this massive affair at Universal City at the Universal Hilton in March for it. And these are basically, for radio and TV, these are like the Oscars in California. And a, a local, regional, and national panel of judges listen or watch all the audio and video. And when I got notified that, that uh, the sportscast had won, I, I truly, I was, I was shocked. I had completely forgotten that my boss had uh, entered my work so I was honored, and then we found out uh, that our morning show is we won the award last year. We won the Golden Mike last year for Best Morning Show, and uh, we are up for the – we're one of two finalists for it again this year. I would love to win because the person who was on the anchor desk, she was filling in when we were getting a new one. She's been at KMJ for about 10 years. Marvelous broadcast journalist, great person, just great at what she does, and I, would, I hope that we win that award for her. And one thing I'll say to you, and, and I mean this, it's been so many people have reached out and, uh, you know, just said the nicest things about this. But, you know, Russ, seriously, we, we don't do these, this work for awards. When you get nominated for something uh, and it's, or a finalist for something and it's your peers that are recognizing you, that's, that's kind of cool. And when you win, that's even cooler because, again, it's, your work is being recognized by the people that you work alongside or the people that you work for. Uh, you know, figuratively speaking, across the nation. So that's that's what meant a lot about that. But yeah, the golden mic is great. But Don Plowman, that that just rocked my <laughs> my world. <laughs> well done, well done, my friend. Uh, last thing, CG, you and I text a lot all the time, and uh, people want you know what do guys like that uh, text about when they're not talking about. Uh, <laughs> radio stuff and we text we a talk lot. about houston we talk we, about houston, we talk about houston and, yeah. and bear and and how uh much they annoy us no i'm just kidding we we, we text <laughs> about um stadiums a lot we, yeah. we are both sports in uh aesthetic enthusiasts and i you know we your white Sox is pitchers and catchers report all over the country this week uh maybe a, a sign of hope for a, a franchise that has fallen on hard times. Uh, the r- artist renderings of the proposed new Southside ballpark in Chicago were absolutely outstanding, I thought. Yeah, they, my first thought was that you, you wanted to get me going on Reinsdorf again, didn't you? I just, I just, I just felt that coming. <laughs> well, but, I don't want to trigger you, CG. Yeah, well, you know, it, all you have to do is say the R word, and it's, it's all over. But um, I have, you know, I, yeah, I've been a White Sox fan since birth. I mean, my, my parents were taking me there when I was a, a kid, three, four, five years old. I grew up in Old Comiskey Park. That place was great. A lot of people don't know that the architect of original Comiskey Park, four years later, that same architect designed Wrigley Field. As, and when you looked at the two parks, except for the outfield stands, you could see the similarities in both parks. But uh, when Reinsdorf built the new Comiskey, he didn't want to spend a dime of his own money, and he didn't. And they kept it on 35th Street, only they moved it to the south side of the street. And quite frankly, nobody really wants to go to that part of town anymore. I, I've never had a problem there, but it's on one side is Bridgeport, which is sort of an Italian-Polish neighborhood. Uh, but in the other side of the highway, uh, you just have a, you have a lot of crime. You have, it, you have a lot of concern if you don't park right at the stadium. And they did all kinds of surveys and what have you, and folks just didn't want to park in that part of town. So 
the place that they have looked at this big plot of land is right at the edge of the loop, the downtown loop, right on the south branch of the Chicago River. I know the area well. It is a spectacular site. And as you said, the renderings, the official renderings have come out. I, I build it tomorrow. Uh, it looks gorgeous. I mean, it's, it's a different type of park than what Kansas City has proposed. But this park on the south side, uh, look, not on the south side, the south loop is wonderful. It would be right there near Greektown, near bars. Uh, you could take water taxis up to the park. And a lot of fans are saying, a lot of Chicagoans are saying, this kills me. Well, where you know, wait, what are we going to do? Where are we going to park? The, where are we going to park? <laughs> well, where, where the hell do they park to go to Wrigley? You're parking in people's driveways in the neighborhood. Where do you park when you go to Soldier Field? When you go to Chicago, well, not Chicago Stadium, I'm dating myself. When you go to United Center, you're parked there, and you better be armed, because on your way back <laughs> to the car, it's 50-50. So um, I love the, the new drugs. That I, and I think, you know, Russ, I think this is the kind of thing that could be transformative for the organization, because I see the park of the team you follow, the Braves. It's the truest park is, is absolutely gorgeous. Out here, Oracle Park is wonderful. Maybe the most beautiful park of all of them, in terms of the park itself, is PNC Park in Pittsburgh. That place is, is just stunning. You, it looks like it dropped in from the 1930s and 40s. But I am really hoping that the Sox do that, because um, I, the, when Jerry Reinsdorf met with Nashville's mayor, that was a leverage move, a completely a leverage move. Yeah. I mean, he will. He won't make it out of town alive if he moves that team out, out of Chicago. So I'm hoping, Russ. I, I'm hoping. I mean, I. You know, you re, you transform a franchise with the players on the field. You transform it uh, by the way you market your team, uh, and you transform it by the park itself. And all the pieces have to work together. And the Sox have failed in almost every category. Mm. Yeah, it, and you know the Nashville thing. We've talked about that. I feel like. That's going to happen eventually for Nashville with hopefully with an expansion franchise. I, I don't I certainly don't yeah. want the White Sox to move. It was not big on the A's coming, not big on the Rays coming. I think an expansion franchise would would fit well there. But uh, the white uh, baseball without the Chicago White Sox in Chicago, no, well, no, it's, it's of, nothing sacred. You know, a lot of fans will like to say, you know, there, there's there's 18 White Sox fans. It's all Cubs. Well. The Cubs will always own the city of Chicago, like L.A., like the Dodgers own L.A. and the Yankees own New York. But the suggestion that there's, you know, kiddingly, there's 18 fans. No, there's at least 30. Uh, there's at least 30 White Sox fans. And, I mean, in all seriousness, Chicago owns the south side. They own the south suburbs. And there are more. I mean, the year that I was there when they went to the playoffs um, and, you know, won the series, I mean, they, they were packing them in. And the Sox had a great parade. They had about 2.2 million people at the parade. They have their fan base, but I'm, I'm here to tell you, in all seriousness, as many times as, I, as you hear me rip on Reinsdorf, he has sucked the life out of us like a Hoover vacuum. The man has just done everything imaginable to, well, he's basically the John Fisher of the AL Central. John Fisher, the Oakland A's uh, owner, who has had a fire sale of players, they have a great plan in place for Howard Terminal, a waterfront ballpark, and instead he's trying to go to Vegas. And Carolyn Goodman, the mayor of Las Vegas, who's been on my show, came out last week and basically said, we want baseball, we don't want the A's. So, I don't know, I think baseball, maybe more than other sports, is rife with miserable owners. And the last thing that you'd want in Nashville is Jerry Reinsdorf. <laughs> <laughs> we will take your word for it. CG, appreciate it at all. As always, my friend, again, congratulations on the award, and I'm sure we will be speaking with you again very soon. Thank you. Love you guys. Always appreciate coming on, boys.
Love you, dude, brother. Christopher Gabriel, KMJ Fresno at CG Program on X. Give him a follow. Tell him Fan Run sent you. We got to take our final commercial timeout of the program. Speak now, forever hold your peace. 865-546-8200. Your number to get on board. The shocking conclusion of the drive coming up next right here on Fan Run Radio. Fan Road Radio, the drive continues. Wrap it up on a Thursday afternoon edition of the show. Christopher Gabriel, KMJ Fresno. Bear, what did you learn? That Don Darius uh, Targaryen follows him on Twitter now. Don Darius Targaryen. How long you been sitting on that one? Ooh, about 10 minutes. Wow. Pretty good. I like it. That's pretty good. It's one of your better efforts lately. He's got to qualify everything. A little underhanded compliment. That's what he's the king of it, man. Been a while, but just when I thought Bears out of ideas, he steps up and completely redeems himself. Houston, any takeaways? Got appreciate. No, it's funny. I was actually, if if he hadn't gotten to it, I was going to ask him about what he kind of thought about Vescovi, and he kind of echoed what we were talking about earlier. It's like he's turned down so many shots this yeah. season to pass the ball and be a good teammate that now he gets an open shot and it's. I think it goes uh, back to last year, dudes, when he started it. It was dri- It was driving me nuts. You can go back and listen to some of the voluntary reactions, and it was driving me nuts last year. It's driven me nuts this year. It's like, dude, that's what you're on the team yeah. for. You're that. That's your part. Of, you're that part of our offense. And he mentioned it like he kind of fell in love with that shoulder pump head fake. Yeah. But now he'll do it when he could get a shot off. Yeah. And then instead of the guy flying by him, the guy just lands in defensive position and he can't shoot. He's also stopped biting himself. He had any damn threes. <laughs> he's got he's to do, make he's a play. He's got to hit some shots to bite the wrist. Well, I, I think if, if I were talking to him, and I'm probably the last person that needs to be advising him, but I was just like, dude, just Maybe for, we could arrange this. Sell yourself short, Norman Dale Smith. Just relax. And do your thing and play, man. Like, if you're only going to take three shots, fine. Like, you got to be able to make one of them. We can't have these offers and, you know, the, the the pump fakes and ball fakes and all this stuff. Like, that's part of his game. And it it's pretty when it works. So, I think he needs to relax. I mean, it was, last night it was pretty striking just how – unhappy he looked like he, he he did not look like he was having fun out there he visibly frustrated and i can't bear to see him like it's santy man he's one of my favorites massive, love that guy boy. look what they did to my boy the other thing is i mean it, it's it one of them was a, a total waste because he he threw a, a magic he, he fed jonas but it, it was like way too good jonas fumbled it around on the floor and couldn't come up with it uh, That's one it, thing that Jonas needs to work. He needs to work on his dribbling and ball. There's such a thing as being too unselfish, and uh, and it could be contagious because Ganey. Yeah, uh, there was that one possession in the second half. Like he comes out and hits the three earlier. Mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. Wow, this dude's just on fire. And then it got to the point where, like, let's look for him. Like let, let let's find him, and and we get him the ball. He's wide open, and he and he pump fakes and drives in, and then kicks it back out. And I'm like, dude, let it fly. 
This <laughs> is the one the night where we don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Don't walk away from a heater. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep firing. Grip it and rip it. Like, Rick ain't going to care. We ain't going to care. Like, do your thing, dude. You're six of eight. I've noticed with him lately, if he can get his feet set. Yes. It's key and, to it. and instead of, like, kind of rolling the ball into the shot, if he can get it into the pocket just, just for a split second and his feet are set, he's water. I mean, he's he's it's Drano. He's good. Right, and, he, and he had that runner working water, last night, Drano, too, which is good. Yeah, you never heard it? He's water. He's wet. Drippy. Mm-mm. You're old. <laughs> Come on. Bear taking it. Uh, not even strays. Just taking it straight on. Here this final segment. You're ugly. And oh! That's You've hurt my feelings. <laughs> nice. You never heard Drano? You're Drano. No. Really? You never heard of water? Uh-uh. Well, he's good at making the ball go in the hoop when he has time. <laughs> I'm just uh, trying to tee it up for you here, boss. Translator. Mm-hmm. Some guys get like that. And be some of some of the best players. That's something you see in the um, that Kevin Garnett video. Like Doc Rivers had to go to him. He's like, "Look, we didn't bring you here to get assists. Yeah, we brought you here to shoot. You have to shoot more." What is the worry level for Vandy coming in Saturday? They're scrappy, and if if we came out, we'd have to come out and lay a complete. We have to be game pretty in. flat. Yeah, yeah, and they'd have to come out and get kind of hot. I'd imagine crowd will be good yeah i don't know if it's sold out For whatever reason as good as our defense is we can give up threes and punches yeah and th- and they're gonna shoot them they're gonna do kind of what south carolina did try to slow the game down move the ball a lot around the perimeter so, so what and is shoot it that threes? happens where is the breakdown when i'm watching us play defense and suddenly everyone seems to be running in a different direction and invariably there's at least three players off the other team that are set up in those spots to shoot threes. It's the help defense. They're 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 trying to move the ball against your help. Arkansas had a pretty one last night in yeah. the first half where they, they we wielded com- around. Yeah. It, it looked like uh, the old NBA three-point shooting contest where they're going around to the yeah. racks. Yeah. You could feel it coming. It's like, oh, 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 this one keeps getting the, worse. Is that the one they hit yeah. in the corner? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they finally Top got corner, it. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. Got to yeah. give it to them on that one. Yeah, the kid had his back to us on the – He's right there on the wing. I feel like whenever we get that going and we get that just perfect rotation and we finally settle for the open shot, we never make it. I know. What about Zakai? Uh, he he switched uh, he switched a couple, didn't he? I mean, yeah, he, he popped a couple well, deep man. ones that when he shot it, I'm like, uh, oh, okay. One of his rainbows? Yeah. <laughs> Damn things go all the way up in the lights. He like has to kind of skip into a couple of those long ones. He's, he's also so far away. He's also mastered the like slow probing dribble that results in the looping behind yep. the back layup high off the glass Those he's, are uh, that's something he's developed this year because remember last year we were he could never he'd it, get in and it, then he couldn't do anything with yeah it. then you have to dribble back out but oh god now he had that he still one does play that last too. night dude he'll get he'll go baseline and and whip it out there mm-hmm. and who was it? He feed Jonas with a was it was one of I can't remember who it was that he fed on that monster. He dribbled all the way underneath the basket. Arkansas collapsed on him and just didn't happen to notice one of our six ten to seven footers coming in for a dunk. We had so many dunks last night. It was fun. Overtime. Headed your way next on many of these fan run affiliates. Quick. 
break. We'll be back in about 21 hours with your Friday edition of The Drive. Thank you, Tucker. Thank you, Bear. Thank you, Houston. I'm Russell. We'll talk to you again tomorrow right here on Fan Run Radio.